Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. All right, we are live with an Instant Reaction podcast, and we are back, finally, talking about a win for the Patriots to get back in the win column on a Monday night in Arizona. It wasn't ugly. It was not. It wasn't ugly. Jesus, it was ugly. It wasn't pretty. But it still counts the same in the win column. Um, and you you come out of there with a win, and, you know, I guess that's good enough. A win is all – hey, you go out there and you – you go to that game with as many injuries as you have, then add as many injuries yep. as you end up getting, come away with a win of any kind, I'm happy. The fact that you're doing it by two scores and you're playing most of the fourth quarter comfortable, I'm not I'm not like jumping for joy over here right. with right. that one. That's a good win. Yep. Obviously, you lose Kyler Murray, but it was not a good Cardinals team on the other side was the Patriots at maybe 80% of what they can be when you consider the injuries. And you really just rolled through them for 30, the last 30 minutes there. Right. Right. And I think, you know, I think injuries kind of are the, are kind of the big story of this one, because obviously you have the injury injury to Kyler Murray, which just it cripples, you know, the Cardinals, um, the rest of the game, they haven't been good with Kyler Murray at quarterback this year, but they're even less good without Kyler Murray at quarterback. Although I do think that, um, that the um, Jesus Christ uh, McCoy played pretty well today. He played okay. It wasn't great. Yeah. He played okay, right? And so I, I think that I, they I can. Yeah, I do think at times they almost look better with him at quarterback. I was going to say that I don't think I don't think it's that hard to argue that Colt McCoy he's better in some ways right. than Tyler is. That's for sure. And I don't know. I don't know if this is this would be quite dumping Zach Wilson for Mike White territory. Yeah. Well, but like it's. I think it's closer than you'd like to be when you're paying Kyler Murray that much. Money. I was going to say there ain't no moving on from Kyler Murray, even if you wanted to. You are locked in for the next six years. Um, so it's just that's that's got to be the dumbest contract in sports. And of course, you know now with the ACL happens in you know early December. Now, of course, we don't know if it's an ACL, but it's that all reports are pointing towards the torn ACL. You got to think he's going to miss at least a few weeks next year, and you know and Sometimes guys aren't right for a full year after that. Um, you know, Brady came back in 09. He wasn't really the guy he we knew until 2010. And so, you know, are you going to lose a full year from Kyler Murray next year? Um, and then, you know, so that's anyways, that that's kind of far down the road. But then you come to the Patriots side and Ramondre Stevenson goes out with an ankle injury. Now, hopefully that's not a severe ankle injury, but still it's an ankle injury. Devontae Parker with a head injury. Devin McCourty with a head injury. You know, you lose these guys, and then of course you have Jack Jones who goes down with a knee injury. I didn't even see the injury happen. I didn't, no. never even saw the play happen. Goes down with a knee injury. He was declared out, not right away, but fairly quickly, which is not a good sign for a knee injury that we never saw happen. Um, and so, you know, I'm just praying that that's not a torn ACL for Jack Jones. Hopefully, and it's, when you look at the in the grand scheme of things, 
you you lost you don't you didn't have RB one or RB two tonight. Right. You didn't have corner two or corner three. You didn't have wide receiver one or wide receiver two. You didn't have uh, your your right tackle one or right tackle two or right tackle three, depending on how you view. Right. Us. You didn't have one of your top three defensive tackles in Christian Barmore. You lose your top safety partway through. You're on your backup punter at this point. Right. I mean, this is you look at it in the grand scheme of things. And it's if you were drawing up a nightmare situation to drop your year or two QB into, that's what it is. And yet right. he's still having a pretty decent game. There's an interception that's going to go down. That's not his fault. Right. Mac had a good game and made enough big plays. They finished stuff off. The rookie stepped up. I think that should be the big story coming out of this. The rookies got asked to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And across the board, they all made plays. That's it, it was This was a bad night for the uh, Bill Belichick can't draft crowd. That's correct. Yes, that is correct. Both running backs looked good today. Kevin Harris, we saw some of what Kevin Harris did at the beginning where, you know, in preseason, I should say, where he ran the ball extremely hard, was hard to take down, uh, you know, scored, had a really nice rushing touchdown. And then Pierre Strong, look, he is exactly the guy that we thought we were getting, which he's not super technically sound. Mm -hmm. He's not a great blocker. He runs super straight up, but he is fast as hell. Uh, and that's exactly what you're going to get. He's a one he's cut tough. guy. Get him in the get him in the back. Get him in the open field and see you later. You know. Yeah, and it's he was the type of guy. I think we we haven't seen anything from Pierre Strong this season as a running back, even going back to the preseason, because the line couldn't block for him. Right. He's the guy. Like I mean, I said this way back. I think in the summer, you can almost compare him to like Garrett Blunt. He's the very different runner. Yeah. But in that, he needs to get a full head of steam. He needs to see the hole. And get through it. And once that happens, he is a threat. And he is dynamic. Right. I think, I don't know if the run blocking was great tonight, but they opened enough holes and the guys took advantage of them. And yeah, it was some good stuff there. Right. Right. And I will say, and Charlie Foxtrot saying, you know, and you're not wrong, right? That it's bad O line, depleted defense, not the Bills and Chiefs. We, we, I understand all that. The Patriots, not the Bills and the Chiefs, right? They're, we're not, you can't look at this team and think that they're a Super Bowl contender. But you're a fringe playoff team. You're a fringe playoff team fighting for your life, you know, right now. And right now you're just trying to win games. And you're trying to put some things together. And I think you started to see some things offensively where, you know, the screen game, I guess, right? Like they they threw 12 screens. Or Mac Jones attempted 12 screen passes today, which is a ridiculous amount of screens. But the Cardinals were blitzing because the Patriots were sitting back there holding onto the ball, trying to throw those 10 to 15 yard passing plays that weren't working. And the, so, yeah, the Cardinals like to blitz anyway. That's right. what they do. They're going to bring the heat. Right. And so you sit back there and you say, all right, we're going to throw, we're going to throw, we're going to throw it. And they're coming at you and the offensive line hasn't been good. And so what do you do to combat that? You get the ball out of your freaking hands and get it into your playmakers. And you maybe only pick up four or five yards every time. But guess what? If you pick up four or five yards on every play, you're going to pick up a first down in two or three plays. And so now the Cardinals have to adjust to that. And then you see next thing, you know, Hunter Henry's running down the seam for, you know, a, almost a 40-yard or fi- almost a 50-yard gain. So, like, those are the types of things that they can start to open up your offense a little bit and you start to see them improving in those areas. Now, is that going to be enough to beat the Chiefs or the Bills? No, of course not. But like at least at the very least, it allows you to now compete. You if you go into Vegas and you win on Sunday, 
Now you're saying, hey, we're eight and six. We got a shot here. If you win two out of the last three or even one of the last three, you have a chance to get into the playoffs, you know, like, and then when you're in there, you know, are you going to win against, if you're the seven seed, are you going to beat the two seed, whoever it might be, Kansas City or Buffalo? Probably not. Almost definitely not. But you're definitely not going to win. You have a 0% chance of winning if you don't make the playoffs, Mm -hmm. right? And so at least you have some sort of opportunity to win. Maybe something crazy happens. Who knows? It's happened before. And so, like, you know, you can't win a playoff game unless you're in the playoffs. Exactly. I want to, I thought Mac Jones had a good day, good night tonight too. There's two plays I want to point to specifically where I think he looked better. Uh, The first of which was um, actually the play where Devontae Parker got hurt, play where he gets concussed. It's that slant that they're throwing underneath. Yep. This is, um, I don't know if it's the exact same play. It's the exact same route and look that they got last game against the Bills where Mac Jones ends up throwing it for the intentional grounding right at the zone one yard line and ruins right. that drive because yep. Devontae Parker is open by the slimmest of margins as he always is when he's open. Mac yep. didn't want to throw it. He got scared. This time he fires it in there. He trusts his receiver and Parker made a play. Obviously he gets hit at the head there at the end, goes into the ground. So hopefully he's all right. Uh, I think he seems like a good dude. I hope he's all right as a person and the Patriots will need him whenever he is healthy. Right. Yep. And then the next play was that one where Max scrambled and found Kendrick Bourne for the first down along the sideline. That was a real nice play. Yep. And this was, this felt like one of those games. I don't, it's, I'm getting more and more comfortable with Mac out of structure. I mean, obviously he had that one play against the bills. That was a pick that came back because it's loose out of bounds, but He's made a couple plays now in a, a couple games in a row. It feels like he's going to scramble. He's going to keep a play alive, and he's going to he's going to make a play. He's going to make something happen down the field. We, it's not Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen, but he's right. not like this. Isn't Drew Bledsoe back there? Right. He's heck. This isn't. This is not early career Tom Brady. He is mobile. He's willing to make plays out of the pocket, trying to make things happen, and he's not perfect at it. He makes more mistakes than I'd like. But he, I think he's better at it today than he was September 1st. And that's, that's what you want to see from him. I agree. And, you know, he had the one to Kendrick Bourne, which ended up getting called back because, you know, they were running a screenplay. Mm-hmm. But, like, to see him avoid the rush and get out and hit Bourne on that play, like, that's that's the type of play that you want to see your quarterback make. And, yes, he's not going to scare anyone running the ball, right? But if he can avoid the rushers, and buy some extra time and get guys open, that's all you can ask for, you know? And and again, like, I, I think you're right. I, I do. I, I think you're right. Obviously, Mac throws the pick, his first pick in, in, in a while, but, like, that's not on him. He got hit as he's throwing. What do you want him to do, you know? And, and part of that is on the coaches for keeping Hunter Henry in to block a defensive end. Like, why are we having Hunter Henry block a defensive end? It just doesn't make any sense, especially when you need extra time to be able to throw it deep. What is Hunter Henry doing one-on-one against the defensive That's just, that's yeah. stupid. And I would expect, this reminded me of the pick he threw against the Jets, too, where he's getting hit and the ball's floating up in the air. Like right. In New York. And I don't, I'm not going to say Mag is wrong for either of those plays, but I also think those are ones where you'd like to see him, like for him to level up as a quarterback and go from somewhere in the middle of the pack to good to great. You feel that the rusher is coming, you take that step up and you make the throw and you avoid right. the Right. That's where you'd like to see him make that play. It's not again. I don't think it's his fault that the pick happens, but you could also make a better play. It's right. It's focused. yeah. I agree. These are complex. Say, saying all the uh, rarely does all the blame come down to one person doing something wrong. 
Well, I think the hard part too is that he did step up on that play and it was, but it's Hunter Henry blocking. So Henry doesn't realize that he's trying to seal a pocket. He's just blocking the guy, hopefully getting his way. Henry doesn't hold the inside edge. Mm -hmm. And so that guy's able to step through Hunter Henry and, and, you know, and hit max arm as, as he's throwing it, you know, and you saw something similar with Josh Uchey, um, later on in the game where, you know, with, with the Marcus Jones interception, which by the way, Josh Uchey had himself a hell of a game again. Um, he's up to 10 sacks now in the year, double digit sacks for Josh Uchey, who is a guy that's really coming to his own. And especially where, and I know, look, I'm going to get some flack for this because I know that Matthew Judon had, had a sack and a half. He was invisible, like invisible for a long period of time in this game. Nowhere to be found, zero pressures, like just not in the backfield anywhere, not doing anything. He had that one run with uh, with Connor where he like went inside instead of setting the edge, which was just like, what are you doing? And he just hasn't been himself. Josh was standing aside, getting a bunch of sacks is huge because now if you're double teaming Judon, how are you going to double team Josh Uchey? You can't. And I, think you know, and, is, and that is huge. Yeah. And this is kind of the opposite of the Vikings game in terms of pass rush and that they, they came up with a plan to deal with, with Judon as Pat's fans. We know how, how it is when the other team has one elite pass rusher and you got to protect the pocket because you got Brady back there. How many years did we see JJ Watt come to play the Patriots? Yep. And he, you never hear his name. Yep. This isn't about Judon being bad. It's about when it's only one pass rusher, you can usually find a way to deal with it. If it's especially if it's a guy from the outside. So right. you saw Uche step up, take advantage of the one-on-one looks. Equale had that really nice sack in there did, on yeah. Judon's side. Judon draws two guys. Equale gets a one-on-one, beats the guy easily, sack just like that. Yep. And that's I mean that, that's a great play. We've seen him come on a little bit. He's not a bad player. This is it's what they didn't do against the Vikings. Those plays right. that they couldn't make, and I think well, having a back up in there helps with that. Colt McCoy is not Kirk Cousins. He was not getting the ball true. out quick. He was not getting that's the ball true. out on time for anything. So that yeah. helps. But yeah, well, and I think you know, I think you're right about that. And it, it is, it becomes now on the other guys. It's on the other guys to step up and make a play when you know your your top flight guy isn't doing it. And listen. We can talk about all day long about Judon and how he's getting double teamed and all this. And it's true. And that's not wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. But TJ Watt's getting double teamed on every play. Mm-hmm. He still finds a way to make plays. You know, like the, like the elite players, the truly elite defensive players are getting double teamed on every single play. And so don't sit there and tell me that Matthew Judon is, is a truly elite defensive player, but then he can't handle a double team. Like, well, which one is it? Because if you're truly an elite defensive player, you can you handle double teams. That's what happens all the time. And this is now the second straight season where he's kind of he's started to fade down the stretch. And again, he's been significantly better this year after the bye than he was last year. Last year he completely disappeared after the bye. I think he had what one QB pressure after the bye last year. Which I think also coincided or just about when he got COVID. Right, right. And so, you know, there are, but so he's been better than he was last year around this time of year, but it's still not where you'd like to see him. And I understand that, you know, like I say, he's getting double teamed on every play, but it's like, dude, this is what happens to the best, to the elite players in the league. Like, figure it out, you know? I mean, I think it's, he's still got, we're saying that about him. He's still got a sack and a I half. I know. 
Uh, which, so well, one of those. Uh, I mean, the the full sack he got was like yeah. no one blocked him, and he just ran right, the backfield. We've seen guys miss that sack. That's very true. It's, that is it's true. It's harder than you think to bring down a guy in right. the open field in the NFL. You got to make. That's I think that's one of the things that makes Judon good, and I think one of the things you think about the Patriot way. It's just not making the mistakes. It's okay. You get the quarterback dead to rights. Finish. It. Right. Make the tackle. We've seen players in the the very recent history not make a tackle on the quarterback when they have him dead to rights, and it it causes issues. So just make it's the true. play, make the play you have to. And I don't, I wouldn't say Judon is an elite defensive player. I think he's probably at the very, very top of the the good or the great category, whoever you want to, whoever you want to decide it. And he yeah. has these spurts of elite play. Which is true. I think that I think that's a great way to describe him. That he's he is he is on the top of that very good list. Not elite, but on the top of that very good list, close to great. Um, and when he had he has that ability to kind of get it going and mm-hmm. be really good. Um, and so I think that's a great way to put it. You know, I really do. I mean, that's you know. Yeah, I think the other thing about both Uche and Judon is that neither one are liabilities in coverage. If you have to drop them back, they're both pretty athletic and long dudes and can figure things out. So for the Patriots, they like to bring all the different blitz things and simulated pressures and all that and all the fancy stuff. And if you have a a guy who can rush the passer and you can drop and not have to worry about it, there's more, more tools in the toolbox. It's an extra club in the bag you can use. Right. Well, on Josh Uche's, this isn't a Mark Anderson 10 sacks. You know, that's a little throwback for, for people that remember Mark I Anderson. Remember but him. but this isn't a Mark Anderson 10 sacks where, like, all he does is rush the passer. He can't do anything else. He's completely useless unless he's rushing the passer. Uche's got some real nice pass moves. Don't get me wrong. And he's good against the pass. But he holds his own there against the run. And if you want him to drop back, he can do that. And so, like, he's really come on this year. Um, and it surprised the heck out of me because I didn't think he was going to make it out of camp, to be completely honest. I thought he was kind of a waste last year. He has taken some huge steps forward this year. Um, it's been great to see. And, you know, like I say, now he's in double-digit sacks. Um, and, again, if you get Barmore back, which is going to happen in the next few weeks, you've got to think, right? It's going to um, And with Uquali playing well, then it's like now you got Uche and Judon and Uquale and Parmore all be able to rush the passer. Like that's a formidable defensive line against any offensive line. Yeah. I think what it comes down to, we talked about this before too. The Patriots are a team that plays well with the lead. Why? Yeah. Oh it's, yeah. It's two things on defense. It's because they can rush the passer and you got corners that are very opportunistic and looking to make plays. So it's the type of thing where they, they're going to give up plays on defense, but they're going to get sacks. They're going to get pressers. They're going to hope to force you to make a mistake. And the second you do, they're going to jump on it, pick it off, turn it into a fumble return for a touchdown, for example, yep. like we saw tonight. And then on offense, when they have the lead, there's less pressure. And defenses have to respect the pass and the run, mm-hmm. which means the offense can do a lot more and has the, everything open. They can use yeah. the full playbook, and that's better for this offense. And you don't have to with the offensive line being this bad. You don't want them teeing off because then it, that's already game over. I think you can right. see that you've seen that from the play calling all season long. There's just no no faith in the ability for the pass rush to the the blockers to protect against the pass rush for long enough no. on third and fifteen to have the receivers even get to the sticks. Right. So yeah, it's that's what this team is on Uche. I just want to. Uh, he's been one of my favorites for a while. I'm a Michigan guy, so I've loved him since those days. And he, I loved him when he came to the Patriots because he he was a designated pass rusher 
at Michigan. That's who he was in high school too. This is the first time they've ever any anybody's really ever used him as more than just a pass rusher this season. Mm. And because it's no wonder it's taken him this long to come along. Right. He's never had to do this stuff before. Yeah. He's also very young for his class. So you put it all together, and it was like this guy's not done yet. He might not be good, but I wasn't ready to count him out before this season. I'm glad to see him put it all together. And for anybody that wants to go watch any prospect tape of his, there's a there's a play of his against Penn State when he was at Michigan where they had him playing yes. middle linebacker. Yes. And KJ Hamler from Penn State, <laughs> the speedsters running down the middle of the field, and Josh Uche catches up with him and breaks up the pass. So I think there's still untapped potential with him. Yeah. Like he's really good right now. I think he can still take it to another level. I think he can be an elite player, an elite three down player if he puts it all together to whatever that next the next step would be. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that play because Spags at the time was going nuts about that play, talking about talking about Uche like this kid, you know, you know. So it's um you know, and that's it's it's one of those things that you just you like to see the growth, and you've seen the growth now from Dietrich Wise. Now you see the growth again from Josh Uche. Equally, I think, has taken some big steps forward this year as well. He looks significantly better. Mm-hmm. Penny Jennings looks a lot better this year. So all of a sudden now you're getting you're getting a lot of help from your front seven, which is great. Um, and Raekwon McMillan played pretty well tonight. Of course, he had the he had the fumble return for touchdown, which I I understand DeAndre. I get it. DeAndre Hopkins is incredible. He's incredible. But like, what are you doing? Running in the middle of the field with the ball in one hand like that. And the crazy part about it is that Duggar will get credit for a forced fumble on that. He didn't even hit the ball. He barely did anything. Yeah. And so it's like, but he gets credit for the forced fumble. And then McMillan does a nice job right on the sideline of picking it up and, and, and scoring. But like, you know, yeah, just, just a bad play um, by, by a great player, you know? This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. It's plays like that, too, and really a lot of what the Cardinals did tonight that are like, it, it puts things in perspective being a Patriots fan. It makes you see how the other half lives to a certain extent. Like, there's this is what it's like when your coach doesn't game plan well and doesn't focus on the details and can't do anything because yeah you have the bad offensive line and all of this other stuff guys are running with the ball loose and an offense that can't put anything together and guys making bad plays and it's just um yeah Yeah, someone needs to explain to me how that challenge was cliff kingsbury's first challenge of the season in week 14 and it was one of the worst challenges i've ever seen it was a bad challenge yeah and it's just that's one of those yeah. like that's 
you could tell almost immediately in this game, even when the Cardinals had to leave, that one of these teams seemed more prepared than the other yeah. one, seemed more ready to play. And obviously right. it didn't show fully early from the Patriots, and there were plenty of mistakes. But all those mistakes we talked about, we complained about the Patriots making in the first half, the false starts and the dumb stuff, the drops. The Cardinals did all of that and more in the second half. Right. And I think true. Again, it's points like that where you remember, I don't know, Playing football is hard. Coaching football is hard. Everybody's right. going to make mistakes. Like the the game, some of the, the best games we talk about in history are games where players still make mistakes. Like you look at that Tom Brady game against the Jaguars in the playoffs. He still threw incompletions. Not every right. pass hit its target. There isn't, yeah. You're not going to get a game where everything goes right. But you have to minimize them. So the, the Patriots make mistakes more than they should. and They need to clean up more to be a, a contender. But they are not a bad team. This is a team that is like right in the middle of the pack. This is as mediocre as it gets. There are teams that do a lot of the basic stuff worse than them on a play-to-play -play basis, on a week-to-week -week basis. And yeah, this this put that in full focus for me. And depending on what Raiders team we get next week, we may be seeing that again right. next Sunday. Yeah, I think I think you'll get a prepared Raiders team because McDaniels will be super prepared because he's yeah. playing Belichick, right? And yeah, his team will be for that. You would assume. Extra multiple days because they played on Thursday. Um, so an extra four days. But um, you know, it's it's I really do think that this team is better than people give them credit for at times. I think the offense, when the offense is bad, it's an absolute disaster. It's just a complete train wreck when the offense is bad. But they have they have good spurts. I love the fact that, and I mean, listen, like I'm wearing the jersey. Like Marcus is my guy. Everyone knows this, right? But you throw, like, you throw Marcus Jones on offense. You're like, hey, things aren't working. Let's just get the ball. Let's just let's just give the ball to fast guys. Let's let's put Marcus Jones out there. Let's just let's see what happens, right? And he makes plays. And then you run that weird. Um, I think I think he ended up getting a first down, and I think it was. Um, but you run this like strange. Like uh screen pass to Pierre Strong where, you know, Marcus Jones starts out by going in motion to the left. Then he comes in an orbit motion back yeah. to the right and you snap it and almost fake the handoff to him and then throw the screen back left to Pierre Strong. He picks up like seven or eight yards for a first down. It's a weird play design. It looks bizarre. That's what we should be doing. Like yeah. normal stuff isn't working right now. Run crazy stuff. Why not? Yeah, it feels like we've been shouting, for, we've been saying for so long, we want to be more creative on offense. Right. We want to get more athletes on offense. We want to get people the ball in space. Right. And then they did it all night tonight. And you go on Twitter and all it is is comments about why do they keep running screens right. over and over right. again? Like, right. This is what we've been asking for. Protect the quarterback. Make it easy. Get it to playmakers in space. Yes. This is, and that's one yeah. of the, another thing that stood out to me. I remember you go back to the Green Bay game over time, how they kind of. They kept taking advantage taking advantage of corners that were off by just quick hitter, yep. quick hitch right to the receiver and let him pick up five yards. Pats did that a couple times tonight, and I think it led to a – I think that was on first touchdown drive or one of the field goal drives early. Yeah, and I just think, like, why not? Why, like, And if you pick up four or five yards on every time, every time you do one of those things, well, guess you're, what? You're, you're going to pick up a first down every two or three plays. Like, it's just like, you know, so that's, that's the thing for me. If you're not going to stop it, then I'm going to keep doing it. And guess what's going to happen? If you're going to bring a linebacker out there, well, now all of a sudden the middle of the field opens up because 
Arizona came out in this game and said, we're going to take away the middle of the field. We play the Patriots. You want to take away the middle of the field, which makes sense because the Patriots like to live over the middle of the field. So if they're going to take away the middle of the field, then run those quick little passes. I loved the play that I really enjoyed. I think it was Marcus Jones was a, was a reverse, I believe. Mm-hmm. Did, well, not a reverse, but a handoff to Jones. And they had Ramondre go left and almost be his lead blocker. Which I thought was great, and maybe maybe it ended up was a swing pass, but either way, it was it was given to Marcus Jones going um, towards the left as they were as they were going from right to left um, on the screen, mm-hmm. and I just liked it because you got Ramondre almost acting as the fullback. He's like his lead blocker out there, running mm-hmm. as his fullback out in front, and then you get Jones the ball and he's able to make a move and he picks up you know seven or eight yards or whatever the case may be. So those are the types of things that I like to see because it's like you know. Let's get creative and let's get these guys. We they have so much speed on the field between Aguilar, who can't catch the freaking ball, but between Aguilar and uh, you know, and Thornton and Ramondre and Pierre Strong and Marcus Jones, you got a ton of speed. Use it, you know, yeah. and they did a nice job of that tonight. Yeah, and I think uh two things on that. One, you're spot on about them clogging the middle of the field. And there was a play kind of early in the game. One of the few really good plays Angalor made in this one. He had a rough night. But they, they threw the quick out. I don't know if it was an out or like a stop along the yeah. boundary for a first down. And Max would hit him with a dot as he's going out of bounds. He gets two feet down, moves the chains. And those are the kind of plays. All right, you hit that on right. the boundary. Now you got to respect things outside the numbers that open stuff up. And you're able to do some other stuff. Those are the plays we've been looking for him to make. Because there's been questions about his arm strength. And right. I don't question it as much as others, but there's questions there and legit ones. And all right, you, you made a big throw outside the number to a receiver. And then you come back on the was it, third, fourth quarter and you hit Hunter Henry down the seam for it's that really big right. play. And it's all right. Yeah. Those are the chunk plays you were looking for. That's the easy button right there. Right. And right. it also reminded me of how much better this offense is when the tight ends can make a difference. Yeah. John knew was non-existent today outside of that kind of drop he had. I, he he was a non. Yeah, that was off target. But yeah, yeah, it was it was both. It's right. Mac, Mac Jones is not going to make a perfect throw on everything. So as receivers, you got to try to bail him out a little bit. You got a hand right. on the ball. You like to see him bring that in. Yeah, uh, he didn't make it. But Hunter Henry had a had a nice little game there. A lot of receivers got involved in this one as they had to with the depth there. Yep. I, I thought Tyquan Thornton had a decent game. Nothing nothing super flashy. Nothing special. I, don't, I think given the game script and what the Cardinals were playing, he was not going to be in a position to catch a lot of balls down the field and with the offensive line. But that Hunter Henry pass down the seam. All right, well, it, it's on Tyquan Thornton's side. And you got to respect Thornton a little bit. And right. safety's going, going over to the other side to respect the speed you've got on that side. And Henry comes wide open. So he's making an impact. And that speed is why you got these guys. Correct. Yeah. And that's ultimately, that's what you have to use. Right, that's what you have to use. They did a nice job of that tonight. I will say, the whole thing with Aguilar is just—it's so incredibly frustrating. It's so frustrating. I'll tell you what—that you know, Zayvon Collins play, which ended up getting called back, but mm-hmm. that was damn near close to an interception because obviously oh, yeah. he clearly yeah. didn't fumble it; he dropped it. But it goes right into Zayvon Collins's you know chest yeah. and. I'm not sure I the ground helped. Yes, the ball hit the ground, but like 
it definitely hit the ground. I'm not right. convinced the ground had anything to do with him catching it. I think that may right. have been just a coincidence. And- right. And so that's like the Patriots got bailed out big time by that one. Um, and so that's one of those ones where it's just like, man, you just got to hold on to the flipping ball. Just yeah. catch the ball. You know, like even the one that any ended up would have been out of bounds. But like, you know, he's calling for a flag on, on you know, a third down play where Mac throws it up. Hit him right in the hands. Hit him right in the hands. He's dropped it. And he's just like, man, you just can't. You yeah. just can't keep doing that. It drives me crazy. Yeah. He and it's oh God, it's such a love hate with him. Yeah. Because I think it's it's obvious from the role he's had in this offense from day one how much the team likes him. He must be doing the right things in practice. I think yep. it's obvious he knows the offense inside and out at this point. They ask him to do everything in it. They have him pass block. Like he does everything. Mac throws to him a ton now. Yeah. And I think Mac has faith in him, which again, he must be doing this stuff in practice. He must be getting open consistently. He must be catching these when it's not the big, the bright lights for yeah. Mac. Because Mac likes going to him. That's obvious this year. And just, I think he had three, three drops tonight, three or four times where the ball's in his hands and he couldn't make the catch. And you can take one of those, one of those, right. every once in a while, it's fine if you're making other plays. But that's way too many. Yeah, I think he had five catches on ten targets tonight. One again, that's the kind of numbers you expect if you're throwing jump balls every single time. These were not jump balls. Right. And again, you know, we expect, we keep saying over and over and over and over again, these, these guys are not, they're not great. They're okay. Mm -hmm. They're a decent team, but they're not a great team. They don't have the ability to overcome missed opportunities. So when you get open, you got to catch the ball. You have to. If you mm-hmm. don't catch the ball, it hurts the team because they don't have anything left, right? So th- that's the type of stuff where it's like, hey, you got to take advantage of the opportunities. And if you don't, then we're in trouble, right? And so that's the stuff for me that I just kind of look at and say like, man, this is, it's got to be, you know, you have to take advantage of that stuff. And if he's not going to catch the ball, I don't care if he gets open or not. I don't care if you like him. It, he can't be out there if he can't catch the ball. And so it, it's just it's frustrating. When everybody's healthy, he's got to be the last guy on the depth chart right now. Right. right. Because Kendrick Bourne, I think, had a really good night too. Wasn't well, wasn't perfect, but I, right. I think he, he did what he was asked to do. If I was if I was deciding the reps here at receiver, it's gonna be Parker and Myers as the top two guys, and Thornton and Bourne, Thornton and Bourne rotating right. in that last spot. And maybe you get one series of Aguilar in there, or Aguilar is going to spell Myers at some point, or maybe Parker at some point, because he can do everything. So right. you can put out, you can put Aguilar out there for ten snaps a game, I think, and feel all right with it, especially with the speed. And he yeah. has big playability. Is the crazy thing he can mm-hmm. do really good stuff out there. You just never know which Aguilar you're going to get from play to play. Right, right, and that's really the issue. So, but we'll see. I mean, listen, overall. They got the win, right? I was, I was something to pay attention to for next week because the Vegas will actually do it. But the Patriots had a really hard time stopping the run mm-hmm. and right up the middle, too. I mean, they were getting gashed up the middle of the field. They weren't tackling uh, James Conner. They were getting bullied. Their defensive line was getting bullied, uh, you know, in the running game. But Arizona, luckily, they don't like to run the ball. So they gave Conner 15 carries. And it's like, you know, it's it's also it's also game script. The second right. you're down two touchdowns, 
you don't have to worry about run defense. Very true. And that's so then it then it comes away from it, right? But they they even when it was working, they started going away from it. It's like you get your back a quarterback in there. What are you well, doing? And that's, and that's the, again the coaching difference. Like it's, correct. And that's we've talked about the Matt Patricia thing all year long, and that's the big storyline. That's he's not again. He's not my first pick. I don't love the guy or anything. Right. Right. But just take a look at what the other team did yeah. there. He's you better can, than Cliff. Matt Kane. Patricia was a better play caller tonight than whoever they got doing it for Arizona, and I don't think right. it was close. I think he called yeah. a great game, and he recognized the weaknesses of his own team, the weaknesses of the opposing defense, and attacked it well, which in this case meant a lot of screens. Sometimes that's what it is. If the, the other team can't stop it, just keep going to it. Well, I got no problem with that. And again, what that's going to mean is that now you get a break. If, if the Patriots are going to do that consistently, and you're going to try to combat that by bringing your corners up, well, now it's going to run by you. Now we've got guys that are technical that can get past you. And so, you know, and so now you now you open things up differently there. So it is it is going to be interesting to kind of see what happens, um, you know, as as they move forward. But look, it's a win. They're back in the win column. Um, back in the playoff field. Back, back in the playoff field. Right. And they're and they're again, they're not. I think if the season ended today, they wouldn't be in it because I think the card uh, the uh, charge to have a tiebreaker yeah. over them. No, I think they would be right now. All the, all the playoff graphics said they're in. I'm pretty oh, okay. sure. The, pretty sure the Patriots control their destiny here. I thought it was common. Play. I thought it was common opponent. I guess maybe I'm wrong, but I thought it was common opponent, and the Chargers beat the Dolphins. But maybe I'm wrong. I think it's conference and then common opponent. So maybe it is conference first. So yeah, uh, yeah, but, all yeah. but either way, you know, either way, well, you're, you're right there on the fringe. You know, either you're the seven seed or right after the seven seed. So. um you know, you get a chance. You got to go to. You have to go to Vegas and win next week. Got to get no. Can I, can I before we do game balls and wrap up? Yes. Can I make two quick points. Uh, first of which, that Raiders game right now, Patriots I think are the better team based mm-hmm. on the Raiders team we've seen. The Raiders' good performances have come against bad teams. They're not. They're not bad, but they're at the bottom end of mediocre. Right. But the injury report this week. That's what you got to watch. It's one thing to make adjustments in game. It's another thing when the opponent gets to sit and watch the adjustments and when you got to do it for a full game and everything that's going to come from it. So let's see who's actually going to be available to play on Sunday, slightly shorter week too. So that'll be the the short, short-term short story to watch. The long-term arc here, the Patriots beat the Raiders. That game against the Dolphins on New Year's Day, the Sunday night game yeah. is Rams-Chargers. Not a good one. Right. There's a world where Patriots Dolphins is uh, an elimination game for the playoffs going into Week 18. If the Patriots win next week and the Dolphins end up losing to Buffalo, that game could get flexed on New a New Year's Day Sunday night game. So kind of keep an eye on that situation. We'd have to find out by next Tuesday. That would be the deadline, I believe, for that. So yes, just something to keep an eye on. When I'll tell you, normally like these night games are tough, man. I got to be up and you know, in five and a half hours for, for bed and uh, for, for uh, school. I mean, then, you know, whatever, it's tough, but on new year's day, everyone's got the next day off. Mm-hmm. It's a great night to have a Sunday night game. So, and, I, and I'll tell uh, you, I'm, you know, I'm not betting on Tua winning anything on a cold Foxborough night. I would agree. I'd agree with that. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. That should be fun. So yeah. anyways, most- I agree. I'm excited. Yeah. Did you have something? Did you have something else you're going to add? Is it game balls time? Yes, game balls. Let's do it. Uh, why don't you go first? Yeah, it's my game ball here is going to Josh Uche. I, I've talked a lot about him on this podcast, but it's just a great game from him. And he did what the Patriots needed needed to do to put this game away. He made the plays, and that was 
that's that. He was the leader of a defense that shut out the Cardinals in the second half, too. I'll give an honorary game ball to Raquan McMillan for getting himself on the field over Mac Wilson yeah. today and taking advantage of it and running that uh running that fumble in. Shades of Matt Chatham getting on the field against the Giants in 03 oh, and running goodness, home. What fumble. a throwback. Yeah. Yep, that's a good one. That's good. That's a good little throwback. I like that. Uh my game ball, I'm gonna uh I haven't decided whether I'm handing out two game balls or I'm taking one game ball and cutting it down the middle. Um, but but it is, it, you know, perhaps, yes. <laughs> who, who predicted a biblical reference at 1230 in the morning? Uh, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris. Uh, coming through big time, Ramondre Stevenson goes out. Damien Harris, of course, was already out to start the game. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson goes out early in the game. And, you know, they, they got to step in. Kevin Harris comes in and runs hard. Ends up scoring a touchdown. Pierre Strong comes in and shows that flash, those flashes of speed that we've seen from him that we know he's capable of doing um, and looked fast as hell. And he's also pretty tough. He's a tough kid. Um, and so, you know, I was, I was happy to see that. They both end up with a touchdown. I think uh, Strong ends up with 70 yards and Steven, uh, not Stevenson, Harris ends up with somewhere around 30 yards or so. Um, but, you know, a solid performance from two guys who really hadn't played much this year. And we're forced to step in and be the bell cows because the Patriots had no one else. And, you know, that's an important position in the, in the Patriots, um, in the Patriots offense. And, you know, it wasn't all great. It wasn't all pretty. There were times where Mac Jones was telling Pierre Strong exactly where to line up because he wasn't lined up in the right spot and things like that. But for the most part, it was, you know, it was a nice job by the two of them. And again, they scored both their offensive touchdowns. So like, you know, what more can you really ask for? Yep. And that's, Outside of the very last drive there, we take that out. They got into the red zone three times, scored touchdowns on two of them. Yep. And the running backs were a big part of that. Agreed. So that's, they finished the drives, which has been kind of the struggle this year, even when the offense has been playing well. Right, right. Agreed, agreed. So, so right, I think that's it. I think that's all we got. Um, we're going to be back midweek this week talking about the Raiders game. Uh, coming up on Sunday afternoon, no longer Sunday night. For those of you that haven't haven't seen that, the schedule change Fox, happens. Right? Is I it on believe, Fox? I believe it's on Fox because the game that got flexed was a Fox game. Ah, uh, yes, that makes sense. Okay, so the Patriots will get a four o'clock game on Fox. So there you go. So uh, I doubt it will be Troy Aikman again. But, oh no, no, Troy's forget he's forget he's I said that. Yeah, forget I said that. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, Troy was tonight. Four o five Eastern on Fox. That'll be that one. There you go. There you go. So we'll get we'll get someone. Hopefully it won't be anyone too bad. We'll see what happens. But either way, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. And we will uh, we'll talk to you midweek.